I feel like business is not only about the money side of things. Like you're not only trying to make money, you're trying to build new things. You're trying to help people. And that really changed the way that I thought about it. It's amazing at how money can follow when you're not focused on it, but you're focused on doing good or doing something that you really enjoy doing and you do it really well. And uh, the money will follow if it's meant to be. I'd like to ask you some questions. Do you consider yourself the kind of person that gets things done? Are you able to take a vision and transform that into action? Are you able to align others towards that vision and get them moving to create something truly remarkable? If any of these describe you, then you, my friend, are a leader, and this show is all about and all for you. Welcome to episode 26 of the Sweet on Leadership podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Sweet on Leadership. Today, we're going to try something a little bit different. We have three of us here today, and I'm joined by a dynamic father and son duo who I met last summer, well, last late spring summer at InVentures here in Calgary. And I'm really excited to welcome Shane and Ryan Pegg to the show. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a show I've been looking forward to for quite a while. Yeah, we're excited. You bet. So why were we've assembled this ragtag group of travelers today is because when I first met Ryan, Ryan had reached out to me before I was giving a talk at this particular conference. This was a guy that just was so full of gumption and, and get up and go and announced that he was coming to my session. And I just was tickled because, you know, this is a, a young man who is passionate about business and really seemed to have a path in front of him. And it was just such a pleasure to have you there and then to stand and talk to both of you after that session. And ever since, it stuck with me. And it, what's got me curious is, is to really just explore what it's like at this point in your life, Ryan, and Shane watching Ryan go through this and the relationship that's developing with entrepreneurship and business and, and leadership. And for us just to really understand what that looks like. And I think there's some exciting things there. But before we get into all of that, I just want you both to introduce yourself a little bit. So Ryan, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What is life like for you right now? And then we'll get into entrepreneurship and business in a little while. But who are you? Who do we see in front of us here? Yeah, so I'm Ryan. I'm a grade eight student in Cochrane, Alberta, and I love sports not just business such as basketball triathlon running track and field at my school team and i just love creating new things and going into the business world and looking at what people have made that's awesome and shane on top of being ryan's dad who do we have in front of us yeah yeah absolutely proud dad to ryan also a couple daughters one older one younger we actually moved out here, my wife and I with the kids, uh, four years ago to Cochrane from Kitchener-Waterloo area. And so, yeah, my life has been in the business world, working for a, a startup and then acquired by a company out here, which brought us out here. And now I'm currently at a, a startup incubator. We'll get into that a little bit later. 
And uh, outside of the, the work world, uh, we're involved in kind of different things around town, a couple not-for-profits, Innovate Cochrane, and from a sports side, really enjoy getting outdoors into the mountains. That's one of the things we're excited about being here and uh, playing some hockey and doing some running with Ryan, trying to keep up to him now, getting harder and harder as the uh, years go by. Young legs. They, yes. uh, they, they've got the speed. We are certainly blessed with the mountains and having that nearby. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. it's one of the, the real perks about living here. That's great, guys. Ryan, maybe we can get into this a little bit. When we think about what you're interested in, and, and there's lots, obviously. You're interested in sport. You're interested in nature. You're interested in drinking it up right now. But specifically, when, when we talk about what was your, that motivation to get to that Inventures, that Entrepreneurial and Innovation Conference, what would drive you there? So really my dad was going to go to this conference and almost as a joke, I was like, oh, can I come? And he was like, do you really want to? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. And he found a way to do it. And I, I was planning like a week ahead, all where I was going to go, what I was going to do, everything. And I had it all planned out. And then emailed you or sent you a message and it just started from there. Awesome. Shane, what was that like for you? Was that surprising to have, to have Ryan make that request or can you paint us a picture of how that actually went down? Yeah, not necessarily surprising. You know, Ryan and uh, his siblings have done, and he'll probably talk this a little bit more later, but they've done a little bit of entrepreneurial stuff before this. And uh, so when he reached out, he loves, they all love getting into different adventures like this. And so it's like, yeah, you can come, but you know, this is a, it's a big conference. And so make sure you do some prep work for that. And so that's why he did the research, had the full schedule when he came out and uh, we talked about it and suggested maybe reaching out to some of the folks. You never know until you ask, you can get into some pretty interesting adventures. And so that's what he did is reaching out to you. And uh, it was exciting to be there. You know, I knew a few people there, didn't know a lot of people. But having him there and then turning him loose at the event, I didn't even go to your session. He went to your session, you, as you know, and I yeah. met you later on the conference. It was encouraging to see that and just for him to take the lead. And how do you how do you kind of lean into that and kind of create that space for him to go and do that? And that was that was exciting for me to see. Let's talk about that space a little bit. Why is it important to create that space for you? I find that each of these kids have their own interests and their own potential, and we can try to, you know, live our lives vicariously through them, or we can try and help them live their lives. And that space often can surprise you and delight you watching what they do, maybe sometimes frustrate you, but watching that to say, hey, he's going to become who he was made to be. And part of that is giving him that freedom to go and explore, to try new things. And that space is you can keep them close to you. And obviously there's times when, when you need to for safety reasons, but on an event like that, at that time, he was 12 years old. He didn't have a phone and he's down at the downtown Calgary. We turned him mm-hmm. loose and said, Hey, go to a couple of these sessions. I'll meet you back in a couple hours. That was the plan. And there were thousands of people at that conference. Yeah. And so, busy. and he just, and he figured it out. And uh, when you create a space like that, it creates that sense of independence. I think that's kind of part of the entrepreneurial journey is there's a lot of things you need to figure out and there's no playbook for entrepreneurs. You got to kind of figure things out on your own. And how do you just create that space to do that? 
Mm. So Ryan, you were turned loose at this conference. And besides the sessions themselves, what was that like? What was it like to sort of be under your own steam? And So it definitely felt adventurous. Like, you know, I was off on my own. There's a ton of people, but it just made me go like wherever I wanted because, you know, like I was alone. So I could look at this stuff, look at different stuff and just do what really I wanted to do mm-hmm. instead of talking to people my dad wanted to talk to or like doing the things that he had already planned to do. I could just like wander. And I love that. You know? Yeah. Well, all those that wander are not lost. So when we think about that, when you say you did things that you wanted to do, what were you looking to do? What were you looking to discover in that conference? I wasn't really looking to discover anything. I had some sessions planned out like with you and mm-hmm. a few other people. And during the time between those sessions, I wandered and I found exhibits, people to talk to. Like some people commented and were like, hey, you're kind of young to be here. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. And then we just, the conversation started from there. And then I met new people and mm. yeah. What were the big takeaways that you were man- you managed to take away from the day? Definitely a lot from your conference. I have a full sheet of all different notes that I took from your session. But the biggest one is that I feel like business is not only about the money side of things. Like you're not only trying to make money, you're trying to build new things. You're trying to help people. And that really changed the way that I thought about it. Wow. What's it like to hear that, Shane? Oh, it's it's encouraging. I think that's, there's only so much uh, a parent can say that's actually going to stick. It's, you know, Often it's it's somebody, a complete stranger or something else that they read or see or hear from others. And so, yeah, it's encouraging. You know, you try to model a kind of an attitude of generosity and compassion, thinking of others and, and other first mentality. And so I think that's kind of a big part of life here. It's what about others kind of take your focus off of yourself. And so the kids are all great at doing that. And yeah, it's encouraging. And that's certainly a, a life lesson that we find later in life. It's amazing at how... Money can follow when you're not focused on it, but you're focused on doing good or doing something that you really enjoy doing and you do it really well. And uh, the money will follow if it's meant to be. Yeah. Ryan, I know you've got lots of ideas on the go. You're fostering a lot of things. You've got, you're moving in different directions. When you think of that and understanding that you're still, you're still at the genesis of a lot of what you're thinking, what does this open up for you as possibilities for your future and what you're interested in doing? Well, I feel like a lot of people have told me I'm very creative and sometimes I just get out like a sketchbook and start jotting down random ideas. And these ideas, I'm suddenly like, hey, this is this could work. And it it starts like refining the idea. Why would it work? Why wouldn't it? And just making it better. And these could be like, starters for a business and new ideas. Yeah. So you, we were talking in the prep session that we had for today about some of the things that you're doing at school. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about the class that you find yourself involved in right now 
then I'd like to ask a few more questions about that. Yeah, so the class is an option that we have, but we don't really get to choose the option. All students do it. And we have to create an idea with either a partner or create an idea by yourself and you'll be paired with someone. And when you have the idea, you have to go through different steps of creating the idea. So we just finished doing a patent application and then we have to build it, market it, Mm -hmm. create ads for it. And then a final product, which we can sell at a little business show Mm -hmm. at the end of the year sometime. So you're going through. People can actually buy your product. Totally. So you're learning about intellectual property. You're going through prototyping. You're going through marketing, probably market testing. Then you're getting out into this. You know, everybody has their favorite subjects at school. Some people love art. Some people love math. Some people love science. What makes it easy to like that class? Do you think what kind of people tend to gravitate towards really enjoying a class like that? The really creative ones, for sure. They like creating the ideas. They're the ones that have the most love for that kind of stuff, where some people only like sports or video games. If you like creating stuff or drawing or the arts, then you could create whatever you want almost and like find a way to make that. So, I mean, entrepreneurialism is a creative pursuit. So Shane, when you think about your role now in an incubator and we look at how this kind of parallels what you might see when people come in with ideas and when they're fired up about maybe learning the basics or just bringing something to market or going through, what what strikes you about seeing this happen at Ryan's age in a junior high school versus watching this happen when you're at a municipally funded, you know, incubator. Yeah. Well, first off, it's exciting that they're creating that course and the opportunity for these mm-hmm. kids to, to go through. Not all of them are going to get into it. Like Ryan may be more into that and other kids might be more into other subjects. So for them to kind of foster or create that environment that they could do that, I think it's great. And then those that are interested in it, I think as a parent, it's great to be able to kind of show that support and ask the questions. And, you know, when you're asking questions, we might know a little bit more on certain things than they do, but man, we don't know a lot. Like I learn a lot listening to Ryan. Sometimes what he says goes over my head. It's like, oh, I'd never even thought about that. And so I think of other people in my life that I will bring into Ryan's life. It, it could be other friends of mine that are mechanical engineers, PhDs, bring them in. And it's like, hey, you're probably going to be better off talking to my son than, than I am at some of these things he's thinking about. And so watching them kind of learn and, and ask questions and start getting into that at that age, I think it's a, a neat opportunity. We'll see where he wants to go. Interest can change obviously quickly, but at this point, you know, he's got that. And so we'll feed into that and, and again, create those opportunities kind of in his life that if he wants to continue pursuing it and, and he's got questions, uh, if I don't have answers, other people do. And I'm not afraid to kind of ask others to get involved and say, hey, why don't you have a conversation with Ryan and, and he'll mm-hmm. jump on us. In your role at the incubator, it's very much sort of in that mentorship space where you're connecting people and helping people deal with their own blocks and whatnot. And not unlike my role, I may be faced with a person that perhaps is an employee and wants to get into 
an entrepreneurial experience. They want to buy a business or they want to take something to market. And often it's dealing with the trepidation and the fear or the the blocks that they've got in front of them and helping them sort of get past those, get networked, deal with the roadblocks that face them one after another. From your professional experience, when you're dealing with adults that are trying to bring something out for the world, do some good in the world, what would you see as some of the roadblocks that you commonly see facing people? What are they bumping up against, which threatens to to stop them in their tracks? There's a few things that I think of a couple conversations just today with some folks that that are either in incubator or thinking about coming in. It's around connections to maybe expertise or kind of opportunities that they're like, I know I want to go here, but I don't know who to talk to. And so they're, they're looking for connections. It might be for sales channels. It might be for talent. It might be for kind of an equipment, the how-to. I know, where, I know where I want to go. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's either it's the usual, like, you know, obviously, if you talk to any of the, it's like, I need access to funding, I, I need talent, I need access to customers and the channels to get there. But I find there's some very passionate people that are smart, have a, a few connections here, but they're, they're just unaware of, of what's going on in the ecosystem. And, and just Alberta, you know, Calgary and Cochrane or Cochrane and Greater Cochrane slash Calgary is uh, there's a ton of great resources and programs and people available. And it's amazing that if you can make a connection, then just get out of the way. And so, you know, even for Ryan and others his age, they don't know, they're not exposed to this yet. But the Adventures Conference was just one example of meeting some very interesting people like yourself, like look where the opportunity went. It's, you know, Ryan reached out to you. Next thing you know, a few months later, we're sitting here on his first podcast. It was just pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I do a lot with Startup TNT here in Calgary, and that is another group that's really um, yeah, interested in unlocking the potential in great ideas and good businesses and, and getting them in touch with people that can stand behind them and have their back and, and really help them move forward. And it's such a fun experience. And in the time that I've been there, given that it is in that pre-seed focus, there's so much to learn. But when I met you, Ryan, and, and one of the observations that I would make, and, and even just thinking about what you're saying, Shane, is the questions and the fears that are blocking people, even in adulthood, are the same things that Ryan is up against. It's the same things, like they're not age specific. And I'm wondering, Ryan, can you hear what I see? And I don't know if this rings true for you, is that elements that you could consider challenging are the same things that adults face. There's no monopoly on where the good ideas come from and where the drive comes from. And I mean, I've met several people your age, Ryan, and there's a difference. Some of them are interested in that creative exercise and it's going to express in, in many different ways. And others are, are not so much interested in that. And that seems to track well with what we see in business generally, where we have a certain personality type or certain work style or a certain expression of value that likes to go forth and really try difficult things and push, push the boundaries and find the edges and challenge themselves. And I know Shane, you know, you had, you and I had had a, a short talk about, about that, that opportunity to really help people find the edge. And I don't think it's just Brian. I think you're helping these entrepreneurs find their edge you know, you're not there yet. A little bit further. Go take a risk. Drive fast. Don't use the brakes. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think that's what's needed with, with Ryan and, and kids his age are they're more fearless than us. Like look at them, mm-hmm. whether they're, they're bombing down a ski hill yeah. or, you know, keen to get behind the wheel of a vehicle there a little bit time yet they're running close but they're just they're fearless and they're surrounded by a bunch of peers that are into all sorts of different things as you get older you start to kind of gravitate towards people that are are like you and so then sometimes you can lose that creativity based on kind of who you're hanging out with what you're listening to and and often your leader is talking about listen to a diverse range of podcasts read different books and so as kids you're surrounded by a bunch of kids you've been throwing together with at school some of them are into hunting some of them are into crafting like they're just into all sorts of different so that creativity there and that fearlessness are two amazing qualities based on your environment and how do you when you get older and you know you get a little bit more comfortable with where you're at who you're around being able to ask ask different people for for help for questions have that humility you know we start to think we know more as we get older but as you get wiser and and learn more realize man it's like we get less smart as we learn more because we realize there's so much to grow and the kids are just curious and they're willing to try things which is exciting to watch yeah i don't know if i've mentioned this to either of you but my father was a principal Uh, he was a principal in a school and and an educator and he actually specialized in ryan's age group and really how to bring that forward. And he was the principal here at the Calgary Science School, which later became Connect Charter. And they are really into that sort of innovative space. And he used to say, and I remember at his retirement when he was talking to the kids, he said, you know, be mindful of your friends because your trajectory of success is going to largely be the average of those you surround yourself with. And I've always thought that's such a a good piece of advice because there's, you know, we want to make sure that we're surrounded both in our jobs and, and in our personal relationships with people that, that lift us up. And yes, there's going to be the time when we have to lift other people up, but we can't, or we have to be careful not to be dragged down in a sense and settle for that lowest common denominator, you know, really wise words, wise words. So Shane, you said that it's important to give them space right? To make sure that they have a chance to to find their own way. Right. You know, one of the things that came to mind there is uh, trying to create create an environment and and model the fact that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. And uh, as a parent, (laughs) you know, I I make a lot of mistakes. I just think of it last week. I, I came in I came in after a day at work. We were we had some things to do afterwards. Had the kids. I'm like my daughter and Ryan. Like, okay, can you guys light the barbecue? Let we're gonna have a quick barbecue, and then we got to get rolling. We had a sporting event, and and I came in, and they're like, "Hey, barbecue! I haven't lit the barbecue." I'm like, "What? It was like we, ten minutes ago." Like, how yeah, did, yeah. So, but but I came in hot. I'm just, I was kind of frustrated. It's like I'm like, here, grab this, and and then I went and started it. And then lit it and got going. But at the dinner table, I'm like, oh, man, like that's the wrong. Like there's a teachable moment right there, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got to kind of suck up your pride and say, and Ryan knows this. I've had to apologize a few times, right? And it's like, hey, listen, sorry. And then just walk through. Here's here's what I should have did. Like, and, and if I could replay that scene, I'd say, hey, and laugh about it. It's like, oh yeah, it can be tricky. And, and you guys have never lit this barbecue like this before. And then walk them through it, model that and show them that. So there's a few lessons that you, you try and teach. And again, that's one example. There's many more that did not end as maybe great as that. Sure. But kind yeah. of model that for them of it's a, it's okay to mess up. Like, dad messes up and then kind of walk through it and then talk to it and say, what, what was the lesson learned and, and ask for forgiveness 
and grow. And I think the people in Ryan's life, like you and others, take an interest, listen, ask questions and ask him about what he's doing, which almost gives him permission to try things and work on it and and laugh at the mistakes and not berate him. Instead of making a statement about a screw up, maybe asking a question, hey, what did we learn? And, and yeah. how can we improve next time? I mean, people that criticize you when you when you make a mistake and they're armchair quarterbacking from a safe position, they don't have the information that we have in the moment that we're making that mistake. And I just finished reading a book by Carol Dweck, well, also Amy Edmondson, which I've referenced in the show before. You know, her work is all about failing well. Like, how do we learn to fail forward? Or how do we learn to to understand what it takes to be resilient and really, you know, make those steps and know that it's not about getting it right. It's about getting it. It's about over time getting up. It's about getting getting it right eventually after we learn, right? You can learn very few things through immediate success. You learn a whole bunch through short, consistent failures that get you to the right answers, right? Yeah. Um, I think that resiliency is... Uh... Is key. We talked to my wife and I talked about that as we moved west again, like we're, we're not moving to another country, like what we moved from Ontario out west here when the kids were four years ago, younger. And uh, there was a level of resiliency, like Ryan had his buds back there and uh, all our family. And so there's a level of resiliency of coming out here that we as parents need to, to understand. It's one thing for us to come out there and, you know, develop our new friendships, but also kind of looking at through the eyes of our kids. And there's a level of resiliency there. And so we love that. It's tough. You are going to kind of fail and trying to make new friends and, and see that it's tough, but you can either kind of swoop in and try and fix it for them or walk along beside them in the journey and support them as they are finding their new friends, finding their way. Hmm. So I'm curious, Ryan, do you, do you follow anybody in the business world at large or any celebrities or anybody that you find starts to emulate kind of where you could see yourself going? I would consider you pretty famous. Okay, thank so, you. <laughs> you. I appreciate that. For sure, bigger people, maybe huge business leaders like mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos. Maybe mm-hmm. I could, maybe I could build a business big like mm-hmm. him, or just be a leader like you or my dad, who's mm-hmm. just running the incubator and teaching people or you who's also teaching people how to lead their team and bring their company to victory, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, the most important thing here is that you figure out who you are going to be. And we find ways to tap into that because you're going to have your own very special way of bringing all this together. And whatever that is, I'm sure it's going to be Fairly fantastic. Let's go the other direction really quickly. Either for yourself or somebody that you've seen, uh, been working with Ryan at school or, or otherwise, what would deflate somebody who's trying to take a risk? You know, when we talk about things that adults can say or friends can say that can really make it hard to, to take that risk. Could you pinpoint something for us? Yeah, so just telling them, that it's going to be too hard is probably the biggest way, but anything that brings them down, like 
it's too hard. It's going to cost too much. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not creative enough. Anything that's going to bring them down, it's going to put them And you have to bring them up there instead of put them down because if you bring them up, then they're more likely to succeed and build their path to victory. Yeah. It's funny. And and Shane, I want to, I'll give you a minute here to, to formulate an answer. Well, I'd like to know what you, what you're able to say to people when they hear that, or they come to you having been challenged in that way. For myself, when somebody tells me not to do something because it's too hard, or if they come to me and say they're not going to do something because it's too hard, I will usually, one of my key tools to come back and is, well, how are you calculating hard? Like, what does that actually mean? You know, is it too much time? Is it too much effort? When you say this is going to be too hard, you know, what are you seeing as being the effort? Get into hard for me so I can understand what you mean. Because their definition of hard, if they have one, and often they don't, it's just kind of this big nebulous thing that they're saying, oh, there's this boogeyman out there called hard, and you're not going to be able to get past it. But when you ask them to actually explain it, they can't. It's just kind of this nebulous fear rather than saying, well, it's going to be really hard because you're going to have to go and meet at least 20 people and you're going to have to find funding for at least $100,000. And you're going to have to go and you're going to have to find experts in this space of design. And you're going to, and by the time you walk them through all that, it's like, that's all stuff to do, but it's, it's complex, not hard. It's something that I can put on a plan and say, got to find $100,000. All right, can do it. Test the number. Maybe it's $25,000. Maybe it's $2,000. Maybe it's nothing, right? But, you know, get curious and quantify. And, you know, before you stop yourself, just say, what do you mean hard? Like, what does that actually mean? So Shane, what do you say to a person that comes up and says that they're thinking about packing it in because it's too hard? probably somewhat similar to what you do and your, your approach is, I just kind of asked them the question back of, okay, well, well, what are you going for? What is it that needs to be done? And then when you start breaking it down to those bite-sized bits, like you've said, like it, what was going through my mind was the same thing as you were just audibly saying is, okay, well, let's break it down. Like if you, okay, so you last year you made hundred thousand dollars this year, you need to make a million dollars. Okay. Well, how many, how many customers does that represent? Okay. Well, let's break it down. There's 12 months. There's four quarters. Let's break it down monthly. What do you need to do? How many calls do you need to make? And then based on, you know, a 5% close rate on that, let's break it down. So, okay. Well, that means that you need to make 10 calls every day. Can you make 10 calls every day? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just start. And then it just means let's just start because the whole process of try something, learn, adjust, repeat, like, like that's, that, that's business. It's let's try something, especially in the startup phase. Like people say, oh, we pivot. It's almost like the, the word startup, the definition of startup is pivot. Like you're constantly changing and trying and like, no, this didn't work and that didn't work. It's all revolving around talking to the customer, the end user, the person you're with. Like, how do you learn from them? And so really just asking the person, what is it? And then it's that having that belief, like you said, there can be self-limiting beliefs, but sometimes they just need somebody to, to believe in them. Somebody needs to encourage them to challenge them. And, and you know, we both are, are into to leadership and listen to great leaders and try to emulate them. You know, you hear these great leaders, if you dig into all their paths, they've had somebody or people in their lives that have challenged, encouraged, and called them to a higher level of leading and of living. 
Yeah. Now you're speaking to the choir. Cause I mean, that's what I built my business around. That's what yeah, I'm interested exactly, in. Yeah. It's funny when, when we think about this, it, it reminds me of a story I have about my daughter. She's 18 now, but when she was quite young, I think she was probably seven, six or seven. She came to me and she said, dad, I want to, I want a Barbie. And I said, it was this mermaid Barbie. And I said, um, okay. And she says, can you, can we go get one? I said, sure. How much money do you have? And she said, I've got $8. I said, how much is the Barbie? The Barbie's $14. And I said, well, I guess you, you can't buy the Barbie yet. That's what she wanted to do was buy the Barbie. But I said, I'll tell you what. And we went to the store and we bought five pounds of sugar and we bought a bag of apples and I sprung for some chopsticks and I sat and I worked for free and I colored the sugar and I candied some apples and I put them on a tray and she walked out front and she sold one for three or two for five and she ate one or two, <laughs> but she pretty soon she came back and she had, you know, I think it was 40 or 45 bucks or something. She had maybe it was, anyway, it was a fair amount. I think people gave her more money than they were worth, but anyway, they gave her lots of tips. And she said, oh, can I buy the Barbie now? And I said, well, you could. Yeah, you could buy the Barbie now. Or, and so then we took that 50 bucks or whatever it was back to the store. We bought, you know, four or five bags of apples and a bunch more chopsticks. And we still had sugar left over. And I stood there and the next weekend I candied apples. And there's these poor suckers, these kids down the street trying to, trying to hawk lemonade. Well, lemonade wasn't, wasn't selling, but those candied apples sure did. I bet. And so we did that a few times. And by the end of it, she had, you know, this box full of like 600 bucks. She'd cornered the market of Northwest Calgary for candied apples. And, um, you know, but it lit something in her. And so now she's running her own jewelry business. And she's done that for a couple of years, just out of high school. And now it's just going live online and the rest of it. And she's still looking for work and whatnot, but she runs stock and, Two summers ago, we learned about identifying her core market. We changed her messaging and she rebranded and, you know, she's been able to do really well, identify her market niche, not, you know, not sell things that other people are selling really hit the, you know, and so it lights something in kids and it sure is exciting to see, you know, because it's just such, it's, they're good lessons for life in terms of you want to do something, break it down, get it done. And it's not about, I was also going to say, actually, as we were talking there, I've always thought that we shouldn't call it startup. You know, I think that's such a dumb word. You know, I need startup capital. We're going to run a, a startup thing. I'm starting to think we should call it keep going, right? <laughs> like maybe we should say, I need a keep going fund or we need to do it. You know what I mean? Because anybody can start up, but can you keep going? That I think is one of the key determinants there. So maybe that yeah brand that um okay. okay right on well it's been a lot of fun for me today having you you here maybe before we say goodbye we could cover a few bases here ryan what do you have on the go right now in life it doesn't have to be anything specific but what's got you excited what's got you excited as we move through the year here so on the business side, uh, I've just finished creating a first prototype of a future product that I want to sell. And this is like rough draft. I made it using an old t-shirt sure. and cut it up, but first draft and it turned out great. Like, Learned lots, how it was built and all that. 
And I'm hoping to build that to another level. Well, when and... you when you're ready to to launch it on the world and, and tell us, because I know right now you're you're still behind a veil of secrecy, which is just fine. But we're gonna have you back and we're gonna make sure that we tell as many people as we can when you're ready to take that to the next step. Sounds sound like fun. Yeah. For school, I'm on the school junior A basketball team. And tomorrow actually we have a basketball tournament and We've been working hard, so we hope we do well and learning lots. This is our first tournament of the year, so. Good luck with that. This is where the rubber meets the road and all that hard work is going to come and be put to the test. That's excellent. Shane, how about you? What's up? Yeah, well, you know, these three kids of ours and watching uh, the journey they're on and and becoming who they were created to be is uh, definitely exciting. And and every day is uh, a new adventure. So loving that on the work side, just started uh, working last couple months at this new incubator here in Cochrane. And so kind of filling it and trying to become that place where if you want to start or grow a business in Cochrane, Alberta or surrounding area, hey, we're going to help you out. And watching some of these businesses, interacting with them and seeing kind of the potential they have and helping them try to get to where they want to go. It's just super exciting. It's super encouraging knowing being part of a startup in the past and the journey that it is got a little bit more empathy for them. And uh, it's just neat because you, you kind of feed the, feed the fire, right. And just add fuel to that passion that they've got. And it's just super exciting to watch. Well, and and you and I have had a couple of good conversations now about what it's like to see these incubators run in smaller towns and what they're going to do for smaller towns. And now that we've had this revolution in work from home or the caps have really been taken off the monopoly that large civic centers had on business, how is this going to change the world as we see these incubators be more local for people? where it's going to change where people feel they can operate. Yeah. And connecting with others in the community. Like it's, mm-hmm. you've, got, uh, you've got the headquarters for Garmin Canada located right in Alberta, but you've got all sorts of great not-for-profits and other businesses that you connect the community together and it becomes more than just a few small business startup founders, but it's the whole community where you've got mentors helping them out and then being inspired. And just this whole element of innovation happening in our community, which is super neat. And engaging, engaging with the local high school is going to have a pitch competition. And then Ryan's going to be in there next year. Our oldest daughter is in high school. And so it just feeds from from the youth right up and giving back. So And tapping that. into that amazing energy. Yeah. So I'm going to have you back and I want to talk to you about that at a later time, because I think that there's a lot of cool stuff there too. Sure. Yeah, for sure. But if, if people want to get in touch with you through the Cochrane Incubator, where can they find out more about that? And then where could they contact you directly? Probably the best place to start is, is reaching out to me directly on LinkedIn. They can just find me Shane Peg on at LinkedIn. And then uh, through the town of Cochrane, if you go to the town of Cochrane, go under the business incubator spot, it's under the business section, you'll be able to kind of learn about the incubator and then just reaching out to me directly or dropping in for anybody that's local at the station right downtown Cochrane. They can kind of stop in and take a tour of the incubator and see how we can help them out. Right on. Here's a question that I ask everybody as we as we wrap up. 
Ryan, if you can think about the people that are listening, they're going to be all different ages. There's going to be some adults. There are going to be some people that are are working in businesses right now. They've got jobs. There's going to be some people that may be founders, maybe thinking about becoming founders. There might be people that are are wanting to shift into leading teams and this kind of thing. If you could give them a wish, if you would wish anything for them, do you know what that would be? I feel like it would be bring the idea to life and do what you want to do. Don't just follow on someone else's path that they've said, oh yeah, you should go this way or you should do this job or invent this idea. You should just create your own idea and really make that a business or... Or let it rip. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, how about yourself? If you could wish anything for a listener today, what would it be? And I go back to probably one of our first comments we made is creating space and opportunities for the youth like Ryan and others for that learning, for building the courage, for curiosity. How do you allow them that opportunity to explore what they're interested in and just keep kind of feeding that fire? Hmm. Well, you've certainly created some space for me there, fellas. So I appreciate that today. Okay. Can't wait to follow along and see how things shift here for you. And I just want to say another really big thank you for taking the time to come on today. Yeah, it was our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, Tim. All right. Well, good luck at your basketball tourney tomorrow. (laughs) We will catch up real soon in the future and all the best guys. Thank you so much for listening to Sweet On Leadership. If you found today's podcast valuable, consider visiting our website and signing up for the companion newsletter. You can find the link in the show notes. If like us, you think it's important to bring new ideas and skills into the practice of leadership, please give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us spread the word to other committed leaders. And you can spread the word too by sharing this with your friends, teams, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in in two weeks' time for another episode of Sweet on Leadership. In the meantime, I'm your host, Tim Sweet, encouraging you to keep on leading.